To listen ad-free and to get a shout-out on the show, you can now upgrade to Koala Shine Plus via the link in the show notes. But before we get started on today's episode, I've got a quick word from our friends and trusted sponsors who help make our free stories possible. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Koala Kids, welcome to Koala Shine. I'm Kelly, and I'll be reading you daytime stories and giving you facts and ideas as surprising as a camel with three humps. Hey, we've got a really juicy adventure to depart on today, Koala Kids. What would you say to a magic carpet ride out in the desert to watch a peculiar contest involving camels and, uh, lip gloss? Well, if I know you lot, I bet you're saying, yes, please, Kelly, sign me up. In which case, I better find my magic carpet. Hmm, I left it around here somewhere. Let me just uh, just take a quick look in my bag. Uh, 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 Oh, here it is. Brilliant. All right, then, guys, climb aboard and away we go. Have you ever been in one of those situations where you've desperately wished for the impossible to happen? Like one of those times when you say something silly or embarrassing and you just wish the floor would open up and swallow you entirely. Or when you've played around with a a broomstick and a pointy hat for Halloween and secretly sort of wished it would lift you up and fly off into the distance. Well, Ibrahim is a boy who's always wishing for things to happen. For some reason, he's convinced that the world is absolutely full of magic and that ordinary things are packed with magic as well. But you just have to ask them in the right way to ignite that magic. This means he spends a lot of time pointing at objects and whispering a variety of magical sounding words and hoping against hope that maybe this time he's got the perfect combination. His best friend Nadia finds this habit of Ibrahim's both endearing and annoying in equal measure. Sometimes he is seriously embarrassing. Like, bury your head in your hands and pretend you don't know him embarrassing. Going through the ancient markets where they live and listening to him shouting his supposedly magic words at lamps and rugs and all sorts, and even perfectly ordinary items like toothbrushes and matchboxes, can be really, really awkward. It's the weekend, and Nadia has come round to see Ibrahim. She walked a long way today past the long lines of royal palms that sway gently at the edge of the desert, the vast empty quarter as it's known. The empty quarter is thousands of miles of shifting sands, dunes covered in silky ripples when the wind blows through, and any trace of any animals is lost in a puff of breeze. Hello, she calls. Her voice seems to echo into the garage. Hello. He calls back from the dark depths of the garage, coming out to meet her and brushing dirt and cobwebs off his clothes. <laughs> so, uh, my magic words for the eggs didn't really work this morning, and they kind of went all over the kitchen floor, so, uh, yeah, I'm cleaning out the garage. Uh, Dad's idea. 
He spread his arms to show off his handiwork so far, which largely consisted of moving things from inside the garage to out on the driveway and breaking a few lamps and ornaments in the process. Nadia sighed and rolled up her sleeves. Now she was here, she may as well help. In the far back corner, they found a pile of rugs all rolled up. Ibrahim grabbed one end and Nadia the other, carrying each large sausage of rug outside. They unfurled them, and Ibrahim did his best to hold them up, while Nadia whacked them with a stick to clear off some of the dust. One of the rugs was especially beautiful, after she'd given it a good beating with a stick. It was all red and gold, with golden tassels hanging from the ends. Exhausted by their work, Ibrahim and Nadia both collapsed onto the rug and lay back, looking up at the endless blue sky above. In some parts of the world, we'd say, oh, what a beautiful day. But here, it was just another blue sky day. When you live in the desert, there are lots of blue sky days. So they lay back on the rug and looked at the sky, and Ibrahim mumbled some magic-sounding words. Suddenly, the rug started twitching beneath them. The two sat up and looked at each other. What did you just say? Nadia asked. Um, I'm not sure I can remember, said Ibrahim. I just sort of made something up. Think, she almost shouted. Come on, think. Ibrahim mumbled something else, and the carpet twitched again. It probably can't hear you properly, said Nadia. Say it louder, come on. Ibrahim cleared his throat and looked fixedly at the red and gold swells beneath him. Abracadabra, a whoosh and a glide, whisk us away on a magical ride. The carpet suddenly leapt to life, rising a good few meters above the ground and then hovering as if waiting for direction. Nadia squealed and grabbed Ibrahim's arm. You did it, she called out. And then, quite forgetting all the time she's rolled her eyes and turned red in embarrassment, she added, I always knew it would work. The two sat there, hovering a few meters above the driveway for quite some time, before they realized the carpet wanted some more instructions. I guess it could be fun to go to the ocean, said Nadia. Hmm, I guess, said Ibrahim uncertainly. He'd seen the ocean many times. He wanted something special for this magic carpet ride. Or we could go to the top of a really high mountain, Nadia tried. Why? said Ibrahim. Well, why not? Ibrahim frowned at her. Look, we have a flying carpet here. We're doing something extra special on it. Going somewhere we otherwise wouldn't be able to go. Like, um... Ah, okay, I've got it. The desert. Remember that poster? The camel beauty contest? There, that's where we're going. Now, the camel beauty contest is a very real thing. It's as real as you or I, and happens every year deep in the empty quarter. Camels come from far and wide to strut and pose and wiggle their humps. The most beautiful leaving with an enormous prize, an overinflated ego that only just fits into the vast desert. The rug leapt forwards with a lurch, and both Ibrahim and Nadia threw themselves flat 
grasping onto the tassels as they surged up and over the stretching golden sands and headed into the absolute middle of nowhere. They looked down on the tops of palm trees, and then, higher and higher, the tops of gleaming skyscrapers that flashed bolts of brightness in the sunlight. They left behind the huge white stone plazas and mosques and minarets and charged across the suburbs of the city. Looking down at the bright blue swimming pools that suddenly were so small, they seemed like single drops of water. Now, as you know, the Camel Beauty Contest takes place hundreds of miles into the desert. And it would be almost impossible to find if you didn't have a magic carpet whisking you towards front row seats. You've heard of looking for a needle in a haystack, right? Well, this would be much harder. But the red and gold carpet knew exactly where it was going. And as they got closer, Ibrahim and Nadia could look down and see long lines of camels walking gracefully towards the same point. There were thousands of them. More camels than they'd ever known existed, if truth be told. They were headed towards a series of elaborate tents set up on the edge of a giant dune that looked down on a huge flat area of dried-up riverbed. This desert landscape would come to life maybe once every five years, when the rains came with extra strength and flood water would charge into the old riverbeds and churn its way through the sweeps and curves that have been there for thousands of years. But that wouldn't happen today. <laughs> Not a chance of it with clear blue skies, stretching for a mini forever in every direction. The rug slowed down and then circled the lines of tents, coming to a final rest in a discreet corner at the back. Ibrahim and Nadia stepped off, and before they could wonder what to do with the rug, they watched it curl itself up and tuck itself away neatly beneath the side of a large white tent. The golden tassels on the carpet seemed to almost wink at them as it folded itself into the shade for a nap. It must have been a long time since the rug did any flying, and it needed a rest after that long trip. They walked around the side of the tent and headed down to the catwalk. Or camel walk, as Nadia said, giggling to herself, and found a huge poster of a camel with arrows pointing out different areas. Ibrahim read it aloud. One, the droopy lip. The droopier, the better. Number two, the nose. Bigger is beautiful. Number three, the hump. Must be round and smooth as a pebble. Number four, the eyelashes, long and luscious. Nadia walked to the edge of a tent and peered inside. In there, it was chaos. Camels of all shapes and sizes were rushing around, taking it in turns to sit in front of long mirrors while others worked around them. Older camels were busy making the younger ones as beautiful as possible, and this seemed to involve a lot of lip-smacking a lot of hump shaping, and a lot of false eyelashes. Oh, stop it, Farah, said one camel to another, as she lathered layer upon layer of sticky lip gloss onto her lower lip. It's shiny enough already. Her friend stopped and stepped back, glancing across at the other camels in the tent and shaking her head. Oh, no, 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 we need some more. Let me just give it one more coat. The other camel rolled her eyes and let her friend get on with it. Oh, come on, Camilla, hold steady, another camel said to her friend, leaning over to have another go at putting the long black lashes onto her eyelids. Open your eyelids, all of them, yes, all of them, 
she said sternly. All of them? repeated Nadia. Actually, they've got three sets of eyelashes, said Ibrahim. It helps keep the sand out during dust storms. Huh, neat, said Nadia. A hawk came reeling into the tent and flew around shrieking, and the babble of camel voices rose even higher, and giggling friends started shoving camels towards the flapping doors. The time had finally come to take the stage. Nadia and Ibrahim just about avoided getting trampled in the stampede, and ran down the hill after the gangly animals. Even the ones up for the competition were jogging along, big flat toes and spindly legs working overtime to launch themselves down the dune and towards the flats where they would parade in turn. They managed to squeeze into the front of the stands and listened as the announcer described each camel as they appeared. And here's Camilla. Oh, and just look at that hump. Such smoothness, ladies and gentlemen, such shape. Oh, and as she turns, what a wobble that lip has. An immense nose as well. Oh, what a beauty we have before us. Camilla swayed elegantly across the sand, arching her neck and making sure her hump had a little extra wobble with each step. Just as she left the camel walk, she turned back and winked at the judges, her long eyelashes fluttering softly against her high cheekbones. The judges, it should be said, were people, Centuries before, people had made the decisions for the camel beauty contest, deciding that humps and lips and noses were of prime importance when picking out the most beautiful. And the camels had gone along with it, thinking it was a little ridiculous that the things they were most proud of, things like the flattest feet for spreading their weight across the sand, and the biggest hump, whatever the shape, for transporting the most water, were not really considered important at all by the people. But it gave them something to do every year, and so they humoured the humans and turned up. Because, well, let's face it, there isn't that much to do in the middle of the desert otherwise. The final judging was done, and three camels were called to the podium. Each beamed as medals were hung around their necks, and bouquets of desert flowers were placed at their feet. Oh, this makes no sense to me, said Ibrahim. That one in tenth place is far prettier. Seriously? said Nadia. Fifth place is gorgeous and sassy. She looks way more fun to be around. The pair agreed that the judging was really quite ridiculous and more than a little random. Their thoughts confirmed when they heard a camel snort and say to another, oh, Layla deserved to be on the podium. The fools didn't even look at her feet. Imagine! And the other camel shook her head too and shrugged her hump muttering something about people and nonsense. Ibrahim and Nadia pulled the rug from its shaded resting place, and Ibrahim crossed his fingers tight, hoping he could remember the magic words to get them out of there. Abracadabra, a whoosh and a glide, whisk us away on a magical ride. And so off they went, flying high above the desert, and watching as the camels headed away from the tents and back to their homes, rounded humps wobbling as they swayed their way across the sands. It's a funny old world, isn't it, koala kids? We decide what makes camels beautiful. And come to think of it, we also decide what makes a bird or a cat or a butterfly beautiful as well. And it's silly, really, because we all see the world differently. Birds quite literally see the world differently. 
because they can see ultraviolet light that us humans can't. So what looks like quite a boring blackbird to us will be all shades of purple and blue and turquoise and pink to another bird. Isn't that amazing? So just because one person announces something is beautiful doesn't mean they're right, and it doesn't mean they're wrong either. We all just see the world differently. And honestly, thank goodness for that. It would be a very boring world if everybody agreed on everything. Well, personally, I'm glad to be out of the desert. I've got so much sand in my shoes I could build a sandcastle. Whilst I shake the sand from my socks, I'll tell you a joke or two. What do you call a camel that cries? A humpback whale! Alright, here's another. What do you call a camel with no humps? Humphrey. <laughs> Get it? Because he's free of humps. Alright, here's one more. Why can't you starve in the desert? Because of all the sandwiches there. <laughs> Get it? Sandwiches? Because of all the sandwiches there? Holy. Well, think you could do better? I challenge you to write to me with the funniest joke you know. Bonus points if you make it up, and even more bonus points if it's total nonsense. Just hit the link in the show notes to get in touch. All right, that's it for today, kids. See you next time, koala kids. Keep on shining. Koala shine.